welcome to part two of the episode on uh, why mental disorders are increasing in the world. Please enjoy. No one's really doing that with kids anymore. So is it these basic things that happen naturally, right, in a village Tell or community? Tell us about labeling emotions. Um, well, what does that look like? So that's kind of, <laughs> kind of like what I was saying a little bit earlier, where it's if you're angry, right, you you help the child label that particular emotion. Yeah. This is how anger feels. Is this how you're feeling? Yes, mommy. Well, this is how we deal with anger. Sadness. Are you feeling this way? You express. You know. Uh, well, these are some things that can make you happy if you're feeling sad. Um, right. Just going through any any of those emotions and really just talking about it. So those are skills, right? Yeah. Exactly. Go into adulthood. Exactly. And then they'd be able to parent their kids that way. So it seems like there seems to be like like, a ripple. (laughs) Yeah. It's like there's a a general education from the culture you grow up in that includes certain information about parenting and things that is now kind of being lost because of new influences that are. Yeah. One of my pet peeves is when I hear parents say something like, it's not like my kid came with instructions. And I'm thinking to myself, well, there's this thing called research, so kind of. (laughs) (laughs) There's developed. Yeah. We we, we have a lot of information, but unfortunately, a lot of people aren't reading it. Or maybe they think there isn't information on it. I know that was me when I took my first human development class. I was like, we have information on this? (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's research on this? So maybe that's where... As researchers, maybe we fail to try to reach out to a community. I'm not sure. Would you say, so this is probably a really stupid question, but if a couple is planning on having children, do you think that they should research about development? Yes, yeah. Not a stupid question. Very important question. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people just think, I'll just wing it. I'll just do what my parents did, even though I hate my parents, right? Your, your brain always goes into default. If it doesn't know what to do, it goes back to what it saw. So until when you give it new information, then it does something different. So, yeah, you want to read as much as possible before you decide to start a family. That is healthy. And the same thing with marriage, too. Oh, my goodness. I think it would see such a decrease in divorce if people actually knew what they are getting themselves into in the beginning versus, oh, I guess we're in a marriage and it sucks and I don't know why, you know. Uh, the marriage relationship class, not this class, but there's another class that just focuses on marriage and relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always amazed how many, I usually about half and half, I'll have married couples or married individuals and singles. The married individuals are always wishing that they had taken that course before they got married. And then the ones who are single are grateful that they know what to be looking for, you know? So one of the biggest things with marriage is being wise on who you pick you know we live in a society that's just all about love and chemistry and we've talked about this it's just subconscious Mm -hmm. attraction which is not really a good reason but we get so caught up on that and we don't recognize other important things but yeah but anyways that's the same thing with um having children is making sure that you actually are um educated to um make sure you are raising children that are healthy and not necessarily raising children that you don't want or how do I say how you were raised because I hear that often 
I don't want to be like my mom and dad. Or when somebody says, <laughs> you're just like your mom, and they're so offended. But they don't do anything to change it, and so they do end up so becoming. So like the default. Yeah. That your brain knows. Yep. Wow. And so you do end up being like them at their age, and you're like, how did I end up here? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I've seen it with friends often. I'm never going to be like my mom and dad, but they never did anything, and now they're in their 40s, and they're just like their mom and dad. So there seems to be like a gap between what we've discovered in the research world and then what our culture teaches about uh, relationships and parenting. Um, what should people be doing? How, how do we reconcile that gap? Uh, well, first of all, I think it's maybe things like what you're doing. I was just thinking about it right now. I was like, there's a disconnect there, right? Because the research world is very clear. Here are some things you can do. Um, they can help you develop. And then there's the regular people that don't like reading, especially research articles. Boring, right? I know some researchers have done, uh, what are they called? Like lay term, uh, layman term um, textbooks, mm-hmm. right? Like how to avoid falling in love with a jerk. All you know, he's an expert, but he wrote it in a way that a regular individual can read it. Um, but, yeah, things like podcasts, you know, um, that's becoming really big. Uh, I know people listen to those or um, YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. I don't usually do podcasts. <laughs> I love YouTube channels. I follow people. It's probably the same thing with podcasts. I don't know. I'm kind of old school. There's just like a video everything. and you can see them. That's why I like it. Yeah. I like seeing their faces. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. But anyways, so maybe because I have seen like therapists who are creating uh, podcasts or YouTube channels and uh, are starting to um, reach out to the regular community that are not taking courses or classes in a university so they could get the same information. So maybe that's where we could see a change in that would you say therapy is a good, oh, yes. good, like a good thing, but like a, a good way to learn how to regulate your emotions? Oh, yeah. I mean, you hear often where people go to therapy and they will say, you know, even just being in there and learning that there's a word for what I feel has changed yes. my world. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and even if they learn the word, they can always just go online and search. How do I deal with this? You know, mm-hmm. um, kind of like my friend that didn't know there was a word for narcissism you know there's you know there's actually a term for that and so after she learned it she started doing research on it or really anything right um having a term and somebody telling you uh, how you're feeling or uh, helping you recognize how you're feeling and um giving a word for it, it makes a huge difference so i personally so i i love therapy i go to therapy all the time that's so good i love how she makes my jumbled mess of emotion into something tangible and I can actually go okay that's exactly how I'm feeling yeah excellent so and that's a neat thing with therapists is that they're licensed to do that right to listen Mm -hmm. and to help you um really narrow down your thoughts because sometimes we get so many that we don't know how to handle it and some people naturally are good at making sense of their thoughts right Mm -hmm. um I'm one of those that could just sit in my thoughts forever and just analyze it, you know. Other people absolutely hate that. They think it's torturous. But they need to still have a moment of really analyzing what's going on and why they're behaving a certain way. So therapy does that. Can we talk about that for a second? That's so interesting that people try to avoid 
feelings facing themselves yeah. yeah and they're being alone with themselves i i think um uh the the video why you will marry the wrong person what's his <laughs> name uh yeah i know who you're talking yeah about. anyways he, he talks about <laughs> I'll, I'll have to reference when i post this but he said um that we do everything and anything to avoid being with ourselves um so it seems like you know if, if you were to tell the average person oh you should go learn about relationships you should go to therapy and, and do all these things that are healthy um i feel like at least me and, and people i know we would immediately think of all the reasons why not to right yeah all the obstacles so i mean why why is it that why are we so afraid to like be with ourselves and how can we overcome that uh, I'm just going to take a guess on this. I mean, I don't know exactly what's going on with everyone, but my one of my base, biggest guesses, maybe some people don't think there's anything wrong. What is there really, what is there really anything that big of a deal? Aren't we just all humans with flaws? And, I can deal with it on my own. Yeah, kind of deal. But, oh my goodness, I can't even express when you start really diving into your subconscious mind, right? Because we spend so much time in the subconscious mind than we do in the conscious mind when you get a grasp of what's happening subconsciously it blows your mind away at least it does Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. like i did you know sometimes you're like why do i do that and then when you go into your thoughts and you're like oh my gosh i've always done that well where did i learn that oh my gosh that's what my mother does i've always hated that you know or just survival mechanism right maybe let's take a shy kid that's really afraid of people what's going on in my head Secretly, I feel like somebody's going to hurt me. Well, why? What happened in your childhood that you feel that way? What? Where's that idea coming from? And when you tackle those, all of a sudden, the world becomes really open. Mm-hmm. I know for me, that's been a big part as I've been tackling more in my subconscious and receiving more freedom. I felt like there's a lot of things or we almost put a lot of walls or boundaries in our lives because we are afraid to... Um, actually dive into that area that we maybe are afraid or just are too busy or maybe we just don't care enough or don't think it's a big enough deal but I've been surprised when you dive into that area there's so much freedom in that you know because now you're choosing instead of your subconscious choosing for you we're not gonna go and do that why we just don't that's just something we don't do you know this is like your subconscious conversation with yourself it's so uncomfortable for me. Well, why? <laughs> you know? And when you actually dive into it, you'll be really surprised where and how you can do the things that you thought you couldn't do. Right? You're not you're no longer holding yourself back. I heard this quote, I'm not going to say it correctly, but <laughs> pretty much it's just saying, um, we don't get where we want to be because we stop ourselves, like our brains stop ourselves. But when you dive into that subconscious and really figure out what's happening. I think you can do phenomenal things and do whatever you want in this universe. But too many people are just, you know, care or just too busy or don't think it's significant. I feel like therapy helps, at least me, dive into my subconscious, definitely. And it's crazy what connections your brain makes. Yes. To, like, random things. Like, you could be so scared about this thing, but it connects to this. Yep thing that's not even related exactly because it's so smart and it's always under default Mm -hmm. um default of past dna right from past ancestors yes that's written in your coding 
or default of seeing what your household or your family did, or just seeing what your neighbors or TV, right? When people say, "Movies don't affect me," what I watch just doesn't do anything. That is a lie. <laughs> your brain picks up on everything what you're watching and stores as information. If there is no information in one area and it sees it, even in a TV show, it stores it. This is how you handle this situation. How did you learn that? I saw it in this movie. <laughs> so, but we don't recognize that. We don't recognize it, yeah. Do you think it's because our brains are like, we're watching actual people's lives, like our subconscious? Yes. It's- so all brains don't know uh, from reality from fictional or like TV or video games or any of those things. Stuff. Yeah, it doesn't know. You're the one, the conscious self, that says that's not real. We know this because when you're watching a movie... Your heart rate goes up, cortisol level goes up. Your brain thinks it's real, right? And that's why you're sweating and shaking. And then you consciously have to tell yourself, well, this isn't real, calm down, it's not that big of a deal, this isn't really happening, you know. And then cortisol level goes down, heart rate goes down, everything. So everything you're experiencing, your brain thinks is reality. So when we're kind of living in this society where we think that, we can get away with doing almost anything and it doesn't affect us. That's not true. Like video games? Even video games. It's um, like, oh, I killed 10 people. Yeah. It's like, well, oh, it was just a game. <laughs> yeah. So it can desensitize you. I mean, maybe that's usually the biggest one where people are like, well, I'm not violent and I'm not aggressive. But you definitely are desensitized. Do you think violent video games cause people to become more violent? Uh, there's research on this. It's It causes aggression, usually, right? Or it desensitizes you, right? It's one or the other. To say that it doesn't do anything, it's a lie. Because, again, your brain is always uh, keeping information for later times. Uh, in the military world, that's what they do. They have you play video games so they desensitize you. Violent video games. Useful in the military world. I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. Very useful in the military world, right? But not in society, right? Where you're desensitized to seeing people getting killed. So if the military is using that as a weapon to use, then we should definitely learn something from it. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So in my head, I'm, I'm just thinking about, like, the main things that seem to influence people... It, like in addition to their their upbringing, their parenting, and what comes to mind is social media, video games, um, and just like media we see online, um, things like that. Any any other comments or thoughts on on how those things might be affecting uh, how we connect and how we uh, develop as humans? Uh, how technology affects yeah, us? Yeah, yeah. I would just say don't act like it doesn't (laughs) and i'm not getting into politics i really am not (laughs) but there are gray leaders that are aware of this power right the power of uh, media the power of what you see on tv and so they influence that they influence how you vote they influence how you think how you know what you support all of it so don't be one of those naive people that somehow thinks you're exempt from it because you're not. Your brain is not. You know, you consciously might think that somehow you're not. Your brain is not. Your subconscious is not. Yeah. Its job is to protect and to be aware of its environment and to survive. So, yes, it's picking up on everything. Whether you're aware of it or not, 
It's happening. And that's why some people have, like, if they're watching a lot of horror movies or what are they called? Like, I don't know. Scary. I don't watch any of those, so. But anyways, they'll have horrible nightmares. Where are my nightmares coming from? I don't know. Do you watch crazy stuff? (laughs) Usually, yeah. Or is there issues they're not dealing with subconsciously, too? That's another one. I mean, I don't want to get into dreams, but um, just know that your brain is just wired to protect and to always observe its environment constantly. And it adapts to its environment. So even if you are made to connect, you can learn not to connect if your environment teaches you not to connect. It's crazy that a person born today could live their whole life without ever going outside and just watching Netflix or something like that. It's scary. You know what's scary? It's scary... I don't watch TV very often uh, or movies or really anything, um, but especially TV shows, I don't really touch that. But when I have had a glimpse of like our TV shows today, it blows my mind what people are watching and then they're thinking it's not affecting them and the messages that are being sent. See, if you're watching it often, you don't even pick up on messages, but if you don't watch it often, you're like, oh, there's that message is the same one as in this episode or this other TV show. Now I'm getting into other areas that I don't need to. But <laughs> but uh, people who are aware of the influence of media play into their favor. And then we're just kind of consumers. We let them do it to us. Teach me everything about the world through TV. You know, or we also have to ask ourselves, who's creating the content? Yeah. What is their agenda? Yeah. And and things like that it's um on on this channel it's called live right now um and and the fundamental idea behind it is that there are principles behind how life works that we can learn in uh in every area of life and including relationships um and it seems like right now and that it, it seems to be almost offensive to people to say that there's a principle that has been researched and, and found to be true that is true for everyone and also applies to you you know that that a person's personal experience can be um explained by by science or, or by by things that are based on truth um yeah but, but anyways, then i like say that doesn't apply to me doesn't yeah apply to me it applies to everyone but not me. yeah pet peeve of mine I'm like, really, you're an outlier in every category? Come on. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah, um, we're not really that special, and we're really not that unique. You know, I hate to say it, but it's true because of the way we're wired in that we receive information and restore information practically the same, you know? Mm-hmm. And so being aware of that and being aware of cultural... Um, what is it, like cultural trends or uh, traditions? And being aware of you following those and not necessarily just following them like what everyone else does, right? Because there's some destructive things that happen in our nation, in our culture, in our, everywhere, right? And it's because we don't stop and ask, why am I doing that? And it's because we don't think it's important. And you can change your thoughts, you can change your wiring, but you have to be aware of it. So, yeah, it's huge. Uh, just being aware of all of that. What's what's affecting how you think? And yeah, and not really thinking you're exempt, right? That we're special somehow. I know. I hate 
I, I mean, I always feel bad when I say that, but I'm just like, <laughs> be real to yourself. You live in a body or a brain that has been alive for centuries, right? And it knows how to survive. And it's smarter than you. <laughs> you can be smarter by learning and educating yourself, but it is so smart because it's been alive for a long time. It knows how to protect. It knows how to take care of you. Yeah, and it's all it's your subconscious stuff. Yeah, it's your genes, uh, your DNA that's being passed on from generation to generation. Epigenetics, right? Remember we talked about that? Yeah. It, whatever happens to your environment becomes written, or whatever happens to you in the environment becomes written in your genetic code. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of epigenetics, where it can be passed on to the next generation, right? And again, it's back to survival. Your body's always adapting. It's always changing due to its environmental circumstances. And that's where I keep saying you're not really unique in that area, right? Um, sure, maybe in talents and gifts, for sure. But when it comes to um, being affected by whether it's media or being affected by your home or being affected by uh, just society in general, you're not at all special. <laughs> if anything, you're just a sheep. So, so yeah. So, just to kind of kind of recap, um, we, we talked about a, a lot of different things as to what affects us in society and and how we develop, and then how that might um, also be affecting what disorders we're experiencing and and the needs that we have that aren't being met. Um, could. It, based on based on the conversation and your your thoughts, insights, experiences, what how would you summarize what's happening in in regards to the the increase in in disorders in our society? Um, be aware of your emotions. Um, if you hold them too much, they create issues later on. Whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whether and again, I'm not trying to downplay the the actual illnesses, but when it comes to our society in general. Um, oh, it's an issue, right? Oh, what is that? There's a term I wanted to talk about that I think it's important. Eh, I can't remember, but <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, taking responsibility of the body you live in, right? And really diving in there. Because what I see, sadly, have you read The Body Keeps Score? No. Phenomenal. I love that book. But he is... A genius. You read that book and you're like, okay, the first half is all these stories of pretty much how he's changed lives um, (laughs) as a therapist. And I'm like, okay, this is really cool that you're amazing. (laughs) Um, But I was like, are we going to learn anything about, uh, you know, mental disorders and how to deal with it? And the last half of the book covers that. Phenomenal how much information we have when it comes to different forms of therapy. But anyways, one of the things he really hits on is how we turned into a drug culture. So a way to deal with a lot of mental illnesses is to take drugs. And he doesn't downplay saying using them, but what he does say is they're only made there they're only there made to be helpful for a short term while you actually work on real issues, right? Because eventually you become desensitized maybe to that med- uh, medication or maybe it's just not working anymore, it's not as strong or whatever it may be. But his hopes is that you can actually dive into the actual problems and actual issues. And there's different therapy um, skills or avenues to take in order to do to deal with that. But we've come to a society where we want quick fixes, and our quick fixes are always meds. 
And again, there's a time and place for it, but not for long term, right? Because eventually you need to figure out what's going on in there. And I love that he touches on that. And he's amazing. So even if he's, he says it, so it must be true. But, <laughs> but I also really like that book a lot. But he is, he is a genius when it comes and when it comes to that area, trauma and how to deal with trauma. So. Yep. Wow. So, I we have to get going in a moment here, but um, would you say that that I mean that medicine can never be a long term solution, or yeah. or are there always other other things that can be done that would resolve the issue? I feel like for some people it seems like kind of a last resort. It's like nothing's worked. I've got to take my medicine. What what would you say to that? Uh. Have we talked about the, the diathesis stress model? Um, no. I think... I talked about it in my site class. Okay. <laughs> Maybe in layman's terms. It's so, it's really just bringing in the environmental and uh, also uh, recognizing that biology might play a part. So... With diathesis stress model is pretty much emphasizing that maybe some of us are more prone to, for example, depression. But due to the environmental factors, we could decrease the likelihood of it occurring or even not have it occur at all due to environmental um, influences. It's like alcohol. <clears throat> yeah. You know, like if you're more susceptible to an addiction... You can do things environmentally that could help you not um, be addicted. Yeah, exactly. So you always have to look at the person and their circumstances yeah. in regards to... Yeah, but there's so much environmental things you could do to help with it, right? So part of diathesis stress model is what um, biggest parts, basic taking care of yourself. And again, we take so for granted, right? Mm-hmm. Exercising, eating healthy, getting enough sleep. Can I just say sleep is critical? I don't know if... This happens to you. Well, okay, there's actual research that shows this. But when you don't get enough sleep uh, that day, depression, feelings of depression increase, feelings of anxiety increase, feelings of suicidal ideation increase. So mentally your brain is just just not doing well. So if we live in a society that doesn't value sleep, right, it values watching 50 episodes of a TV show that they need to finish, binge watching, right? I don't know what they're called marathon watching mm-hmm. um <clears throat> video games or any some form of media facebook and or maybe even physical things like i know women lose what like two hours of sleep every day because they have to wake up two hours early to do makeup and hair and all these things so we're not putting emphasis on the important stuff right like the taking care of your body part and so that also plays a part when it comes to mental illnesses because we know if you don't sleep, your chances of having uh, those thoughts increase that day, yeah, it's very high. It does increase. So you have sleep. You have exercise. What do we say? Um, eating, eating healthy. Eating healthy. We have meditation. I'm big on me time, right? You time, whatever you like to call that. Uh, having time for yourself to evaluate what's going on in your life, whether it's jur- through journal writing or whether it's through meditation reflection. Um, also being nice to yourself and listening to your bodily cues. Sometimes if it's too quiet in my house, I need music, you know, and attending to that because sometimes your body is just like, I need something. So attending to that, you know, that need. Maybe some it's not music, maybe it's art, I don't, I don't know. But really listening 
to the body when it's speaking to you saying, I'm liking this right now. Can you provide? It's like good self-parenting. In a yeah, way. yeah. If we somehow could look at ourselves as there's you, the conscious self, and then there's your body, the subconscious, and really look at them as two individuals and learning to master um, the conscious uh, sorry, learning to master the subconscious through the conscious self, right? So, and that sometimes is just communicating with it. With it, like when my body is like, "We're tired," oh, it's um, it's been rough this week. Making time for that, you know, or I feel really down about something. Making down time for that. What's going on? What am I feeling down? Because sometimes you might just feel down all of a sudden, and you're like, "Oh, I'll just eat some chocolate and watch my favorite TV show," but you didn't actually deal with the issue that your body is speaking to you about, right? So your body is saying, something's bugging me. And again, your brain is so smart, and it picks up on so much, so fast, that your conscious self doesn't always pick up on it. But when you stop and you talk to it, it can speak to you and tell you, well, you know, earlier today, this happened at work, and uh, we haven't dealt with it, so I'm stressed about that. Or... My partner said this the other day, and it's making me feel a little insecure in the relationship. So let's talk about that. And just validating yourself, really. It's what you're doing. But again, who has time for that? <laughs> so sad that that's the society we live in. We don't make time for it. I think it's very important. I try to do it daily. Every night before I go to bed. I don't, Not necessarily meditation, but just like thinking time. Uh, downtime. Mm-hmm. Hence I'm saying me time is very important. Just to check in with yourself. Because if you wait too long, then it just piles up, piles up, piles up. And all of a sudden, one day, you just have, have an anxiety attack. And you don't know where it came from. Your body was warning you the whole entire time. You just weren't listening. <laughs> Thank you for everything you shared. Yeah. Um, I feel like that, that really brought it all together for me. I think my conclusion from our conversation is that if you meet your basic needs and you take time for yourself and you are really connecting to people in a healthy way um, and you're not letting cultural or media or other influences get in the way of those needs, then then that decreases your likelihood of, of mental disorders. Yeah, yeah, all of that. And obviously the me time is huge, right? Really talking to yourself and seeing what happened through the day. Um, that you haven't touched on. Journal writing, you know, some people love doing that. I just reflect a lot, but journal, I used to do a a lot of journal writing in high school, and I think it saved me from going insane (laughs) (laughs) by just slowing down and thinking about those thoughts. Slowing down in a really fast world. (laughs) Yes, yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah, that was fun. I actually enjoyed that. That wasn't too bad. (laughs) You survived it. I know.